Happy Easter, beloveds. Yes, yes, I hear some of you through the screen telling me that Easter is over. It was last week, Mia, what are you talking about? As a kid, I had no idea Easter continued beyond Resurrection Sunday. Once the Easter candy went on sale at the drugstore, to my delight, I thought that was a wrap on Easter. <laughs> I had no idea that there were other holy days after Easter, that there were other Jesus stories that needed to be told, that witnesses were reborn in this time. The call to witness on Jesus's behalf becomes ever clearer in this season following the resurrection. In the church culture of my upbringing, when the preacher was in the heart of their sermon, they'd often solicit a verbal response. Call and response is a major part of the sermonic experience in many black churches. There is an expectation that you gonna say something back to the preacher. You better let that preacher know you're alive, that the preaching isn't one-sided. Sometimes when the message was getting good to the preacher, they'd yell out from the pulpit, can I get a witness up in here? Y'all don't hear me, can I get a witness? In other words, can somebody in here testify to what I am saying? Can there be evidence of the power of what I am saying and the power that works beyond what I am saying? Can I get a witness? As important as the empty tomb is to the foundation of faith for many who claim to be Christian, there was always so much more to follow. There was so much more to witness. There are 50 days in Eastertide, or what I like to call witness tide, a period which includes Easter Sunday as well as other Sundays. During Eastertide, we are reminded that after Jesus' resurrection, he visited with his disciples. He broke bread with them. He drank with them. He met them on a beach. I can't wait to do that. He helped their unbelief. His visits made them witnesses to the power of the creator that could be carried forth in the world. I imagine Jesus reappearing to his friends with his arms stretched wide, with the holes in his hands and abdomen showing, saying, can I get a witness up in here? I imagine him appearing to his beloved Mary Magdalene saying, can somebody testify to what God has done? Jesus visited and Jesus restored hope. And if there has ever been a season when we could use a visit from him, it would be now. Amidst the violence that rocks us daily, the injustices that keep many hanging on to life by a thread, we could use a little witnessing up in here. We could use a little hope. We could use a visit. I remember being visited by my late grandmother Myrtle in a dream last summer. She wore an emerald evening gown with a necklace and earrings as she stood in my aunt's living room. 
I remember it like it was real, her appearing to me, calling my name as I peeked out from the back bedroom. Her caramel skin glowed in dim lighting, and I walked toward her with a smile that said, I've been missing you my whole life. Just as I approached her for a hug, the dream ended. Just as I was getting used to her resurrection moment, her reappearance after 30 years, I was jolted awake, both comforted and confused. She isn't the only ancestor to visit me. Most of these dreams end in a similar fashion. Just as things are warming up, just as you are settling into this new reality, everything shifts. You wake up sometimes discombobulated, maybe grasping for breath, maybe smiling as you reminisce, maybe with tears welling up in your eyes because the dream was all too brief. You awake and you may sit up in bed staring into space. Or if you're like me, you open up your notes app on your phone and capture the details. And, and sometimes you try to force yourself back to sleep, hoping to pick up where you left off, hoping you could have just one more moment with them, just one more moment with grandma, just one more moment in whatever paradise they are now residing. And then you wonder, what did they want with you anyway? Why did they return only to cut the visit short? It is in this longing and this questioning that we step into this Easter story. It is not a story of resurrection, but of commissioning and sudden departure. We meet Jesus and his disciples mid-conversation in the opening scene of Acts. One of them asks, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom of Israel? As usual, they are eager for answers from their leader. Jesus replies, it is not for you to know the times or the periods, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. This seems like fairly common Jesus talk. He's uttered similar things before. This visit must have felt familiar to the disciples. It must have been comforting to hear from their friend, to hear their friend talk this way, even if he was saying things they did not yet understand. But just as there is about to be a happily ever after, just as they are getting into the deep philosophical musings, there is a disruption. The rug is pulled from beneath their feet and they are shaken awake. The writer says, when Jesus had spoken, as the disciples were watching, Jesus was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. Just as they are becoming reacquainted, just as they are living into the wonder of the resurrection, Jesus leaves. Today, the ascension is honored 40 days into the season of Easter. Easter. 
and falls on a Thursday, which is why many of us have never truly sat with the ascension, not in the same way that we sit with the birth or the resurrection. How is it that the issue of the body, it being born, it being broken, brutalized, and raised from death, ceases to be of comparable importance when it comes to the body being taken up to a great beyond? I will put the question of whether or not the ascension actually happened aside for this sermon. As the late Reverend Bill Doles reminds us in his book, just because it didn't happen doesn't mean it isn't true. The truth is something happened with Jesus's body or spirit or both. Something happened that initiated the continuation of a movement even in his physical absence. And early church leaders thought it interesting enough to highlight during this season. Religious scholar Anthony DuPont reminds us that the Easter mystery as a whole was celebrated in the 50 days following Easter. But distinctions came into being in the fourth century and by Augustine's time, the evolution was complete. Essentially, Augustine, an early church father, would argue for separate celebrations for Ascension and Pentecost. More recent church calendars suggest that the honoring of the ascension be moved to the Sunday before Pentecost so that it has greater visibility. In this season of Easter, this season of witness, it is common to rush off into the later chapters of Acts that cover the works of the apostles, all the people they brought into the community, all the miracles they performed, but beloved, before I allow us to rush off into that, I, I'd argue that we need to sit with the ascension. We need to sit with what it must have felt like for the disciples to witness their leader be murdered, his body to go missing, his reappearance in various scenes, and then his sudden departure. All in the matter of 40 days, they say. This is not to skip over the stories of Jesus's appearances. I, I know some of you are dying to hear yet another sermon about doubting Thomas. <laughs> there was great doubt related to his resurrection. Many of the disciples, including Mary and Peter, didn't even recognize Jesus at first. Yet I imagine that there was also great comfort upon the realization that their rabbi and friend, their brother and leader had returned to them. I imagine that some of them let out a sigh of relief. Woo. Jesus, thank God you're back. I thought we were gonna have to do all this work by ourselves. There must have been relief, maybe even joy as Jesus revealed himself. Yet when the work was done, when the revelation had run its course, he was brought up into the clouds. The writers say the disciples stood there gazing toward heaven. Perhaps they were perplexed. Had they ever seen 
and ascension before? Maybe they were as bewildered as I was after my grandmother's visit last summer, thinking, what did he visit us for only to leave us so suddenly? Perhaps they once again felt abandoned. What was the point of all of this, they might ask. Anthony Dupont offers that according to Augustine, Christ's ascension is important for the life of every Christian. His ascension provides the church with an upward dynamic. In several sermons, Augustine makes claims about the importance of the ascension. In Sermon 262, he argues that the consequence of Christ's ascension is in the glory of the church, which has been spread all over the world. This sounds nice. And yet I am troubled by this because when I think about what has been spread all over the world in the name of Jesus, I do not see glory. I see gore, I see hate, I see blood on the hands of leaders who have spewed deadly theologies that permeate every facet of our lives. I do not see this glory that Augustine speaks of. I see crucifixion with every anti-trans law that is passed. I see an unhealthy theopolitical landscape. In fact, I am ashamed of what has been spread all over the world. I am embarrassed. Truly, this is not what Jesus had intended. This can't be the point. In Sermon 265C, Augustine preaches that the ascension gives humans an aspirational goal. We must do what is good here on earth in order to obtain a permanent dwelling in heaven. Besides this having negative ecological implications, an unhealthy focus on the eschaton, on the great beyond, has vast repercussions when mishandled. What benefit is there to focus on heaven when there are very real issues in the flesh on earth? I find myself dissatisfied, not sold on the interpretations, frustrated with the mystical comings and goings of Jesus, frustrated by the way modern Christians have platformed heaven while abandoning the teachings of heaven of Jesus that call us to do justice right here on earth. What is the point of all of this? In my frustration, it occurred to me that the point may not be about the significance of the ascension at all, the implications or the interpretations, but perhaps the point is about what happened right before and what happened right after. Before Jesus ascends, he tells the disciples that they will be his witnesses. Following his departure, the disciples are looking up to the sky when suddenly two men dressed in white stand beside him saying, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking at the clouds? 
When the knuckle-headed disciples don't get the message, the men in white angels perhaps are sent to reinforce. Look, Jesus has called you to bring good news to the poor in his absence. Why do you stand here looking at the sky? Jesus has called you to proclaim release to the captives. Why are you wasting time looking at heaven? There is recovery that needs to take place. There are supremacies that need to be developed. Demolish. Can we get some witnesses up in here? In this transfiguration moment, I imagine the men in white yelling, snap out of it. Release your upward gaze. Why are you staring at the sky? They ask. Over 2,000 years later, we are still being asked the same question. Why do we stand here looking at the sky? Why are we so focused on heaven that we are of no earthly good? Can we get some witnesses up in here? Can we shift our gaze? So many of us have spent our lives looking in the wrong direction for too long. We have spent so much of our journey looking above, looking for escape instead of looking around us. It is not that the upward gaze is wrong, but the lingering is unhealthy. Why do you stand here looking at the sky, the men ask. There is an outward gaze that needs to be attended to, a witness that carries the gospel of liberation beyond your immediate circumference to the home and food insecure. There needs to be an outward gaze, a witness that carries the gospel of abolition to the incarcerated. Can we get a witness to carry the gospel of disruption to corrupt political systems? All this debating about the resurrection and ascension, did it happen? Did it really appear? Did the disciples really see his body go into the clouds? And while we are lingering on such things, Jesus is asking us, can I get a witness? There are organizers who need your brain power. Can I get a witness? There are tables that need to be flipped in Arkansas. Can I get a witness up in here? In our witnessing, we are preserving memories and legacies. In our witnessing, we are showing compassion. In our witnessing, we are disrupting dangerous status quos. We are putting our privilege on the line for the sake of justice. We are redistributing wealth and power. And look, witnessing is hard. There are costs to witnessing. You're gonna lose some seats at the table. You're gonna lose some friends, you'll face persecution, you'll get hate mail, you'll have to lay down your status for the sake of building community. This is what Jesus is calling his disciples to. This is what Jesus is calling us to, the outward gaze, the earthly task at hand. 
Jesus even tells his disciples that the good news will be taken to Samaria, that their witnessing will transcend the limits of their prejudices. Jesus is saying, could you help liberate even those who may not be in your covenant? Could you help abolish carceral systems that oppress those who will never set foot in your sanctuaries? Could you disrupt dangerous status quos, even for the sake of those who don't look like you, for the sake of those who don't worship like you, for the sake of those who don't like the same music or food you like? Could I get some of those witnesses here? Beloved, as we move through this season, my prayer is that we continually answer the difficult and complex call to witness, to witness beyond the limits of our prejudices, to witness even if it means laying down our statuses. My prayer is that no one has to ask us years from now, why are we looking at the sky? When here, beside us, lies the imago day in every human and creature that surrounds us on this earth. Right here, in the outward gaze, lies incarnate possibilities, an embodied hope, and a renewed call. Let us march forward and witness this season. Let it be so. Amen.